What's up, guys? It is One Broke Actress, Sam Valentine, reporting for duty on this beautiful Tuesday. Okay, it's not actually beautiful. If you live in Los Angeles, it's 103 degrees and we're sweltering, but it's fine. We'll get through it. Um, Small victories. You can be really tan at family Thanksgiving. Okay, moving right along. Guys, thank you so much for the love from last week's episode. I really, really think a lot of you took a lot of value from Brian Unger's episode. Um, If you missed it, I surmised some of his points on OneBrokeActress.com in an article podcast follow-up. So you can read it there if you missed it. But you should go back and listen to it because it's really good. In fact, he had a quote uh, that he said in the podcast that has kind of changed my current mindset and I think it's why I've had some good auditions since then not even joking it it really meant a lot to me he said these are all series of moments these are all a series of successes and there is no one thing and your goal is to just string these moments together (laughs) and I was like wow okay I should tattoo that on my body so that actually leads me into our beautiful guest for today Miss Sierra Payton she talks about uh, really the highs and lows of of her acting career of, you know, the first time she came to L.A., she was flown first class for a callback and then, you know, getting here, what it was actually like to be here, actually having a job, making money, living in Riverside, trying to survive. And she has really, really run the gamut of the ups and downs, but she's the most positive person I think I've ever met with that. And uh, she's really hardworking and she has some awesome information in here for actors. And she kind of goes into her meditation practices and where they got her and lots of other fun little gems in this one. So um, please enjoy it. When you're finished listening, you should hop on to Instagram and go to at one broke actress. It's the number one, just FYI. And uh, you should comment on the picture of Sierra and tell us what you learned from this or your favorite part or just say hi. So, uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy Sierra Payton. So, I'm here with Sierra Payton. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How's it going? It's going pretty well, yeah. Uh, thanks so much for meeting with me today. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. We're, we're here with the podcast. Yeah, so you guys yeah. might uh, recognize her, I guess not her voice, but maybe some of her story. She was one of my original blog posts from my actorpreneurs. Um, so we'll get into that in a bit, but, um, I kind of wanted to start with how you got to here and not just my dining room, uh, but Los Angeles (laughs) in general. And I know we talked about this in your article, but I think you have such a cool story. Oh, cool. Um, well, thank you. Um, whoa. So how did I get here to LA? Wow. Um, (laughs) well, I'm originally from New Orleans, Louisiana and, uh, from New Orleans, I'll, save that story for another segment maybe or for another question but um but yeah I was just always into acting and I went to a performing arts high school in New Orleans which eventually led me to a performing arts high school in North Carolina to complete my senior year of high school there um and then from North Carolina I stayed there for college at North Carolina School of the Arts and from there I um decided to take the leap to move to New York. And so I was out of New York for about two and a half years and just doing like off, off Broadway theater, you know, um, working at different restaurants. I used to work at a burlesque venue as a cocktail waitress. And then I worked at um, Joe Allen restaurant. So was the 
was theater the goal at that time? No, actually. Um, I mean, I love theater. That That's where I learned how to act pretty much. But um, I always knew I wanted to be out here in L.A. And it was interesting because in 2008, I graduated from college and we came out here for a showcase. And like there was no one at our showcase because, first of all, we were new to town. This was like our second or my college. It was our second uh, showcase. So the class before me was the first showcase to go to LA. And then my class was the second and we came out here during the writer's strike. And so it was like, nobody showed up except for Tony Sepulveda. Um, who's the head VP of Warner brothers. Oh wait, that's pretty major. Yeah. Yeah. Senior showcase. Yeah. He was like the only cast and director. There was, there was like a handful of people, but I mean, we had this big theater and like no one was there. And um, that's and funny because I was the second showcase of my college to come really? out. Really? Yeah. But wow. No, but it wasn't a premier at school. Like it was just the theater division of yeah. Missouri State University. Oh, wow. Didn't exactly draw the crowds. I mean, they put in full force. Like we had a good crowd, but we had some alumni and stuff kind of take the wheel. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it was for us because we were we were kind of like the guinea pigs, too, because we came from a classical theater training program and our dean was like didn't like LA, wasn't into film and TV, was just, he had a huge theater background, Broadway background, and the idea of now turning this program over to training for film and TV was like, you know, a monstrosity, like, no, no. And so I was actually one of the people that was like, no, we got to, like, we, we have to go to to LA. Yeah. And, uh, so actually, um, from that showcase, I, I met, uh, I met Tony Sepulveda and I had a general meeting with him. And, you know, one of the things that he was like, you know, your class is talented, you're talented, but you know, this is the worst time to try to move to LA because writer strike, no one's hiring, you know, all of those things. And I was like, Oh great. You know? So I decided to go to New York instead. And I was just out there hustling, you know? I mean, Literally, I mean, I was working for arts programs, waiting tables, during the, the like working for the burlesque place at night, Joe Allen in the day, like you know, just the hustling. Mm-hmm. And um, and I actually landed a um an off Broadway play called uh, Savannah Black and Blue, which was produced by the Negro Ensemble Company, and I got to play uh, a female detective, a black female detective, and I guess it was something that was so unheard of or or kind of revolutionary in its right to tell a story of a black female detective on stage um and and have it written by an actual detective and was this the first time that was performed mhm yeah and um and I ended up uh doing that show and we got a lot of Wonderful reviews, which ended up getting the attention of uh, New York Times. So I had a review in New York Times. And while all of this was happening, and I was like, mm, well, how, I think I was making like 400 bucks a week off of that or something. I was going to ask how much you were and, making uh, for doing. Yeah, it was. And I was so grateful to the experience, but I wasn't making anything off of that. And uh, I'm going to pause you there because I have a question. Uh-huh. I haven't done theater in so long. Mm-hmm. How did you balance the amount of theater work because theater is so much rehearsal so much of that how did you balance that with your restaurant jobs did you take a pause on those did you just live off of four hundred dollars you know it's so funny because looking back I didn't realize how good I had it you know Mm -hmm. I I mean just 
being honest, I mean, working at the restaurants in New York, I made so much money. Like it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, especially that, that burlesque venue was called Choreo and I would work Friday, Fridays and Saturdays and probably work like four or five hours a shift and make my rent money in like one night. Oh, New York is so and good for that, I think. It was, but then I would be like all stressed out and, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm so overworked. I'm so tired. I don't want to go to work, you know. And um, and we um, my cousin and I, we had an apartment in Harlem and we converted uh, the space downstairs. We had a, we had a two story apartment. You in had New a York. downstairs in yes. New York City. Um, it was actually the basement that they like the, the building renovated the basement and everything. And so we had we had access to the basement like the basement was our apartment. So we had the downstairs and we had upstairs. And so we converted one of the spaces in the basement into a third bedroom. And so we uh, we split rent three ways. And so to answer your question, I was able to um, to to take some time off of work to rehearse and have a lot of money saved up <laughs> to live off of while uh, while rehearsing for the play. That's so cool. Yeah. And yeah, I wish I had that out here. <laughs> like, when I was working at restaurants out here in L.A., I was like. Y'all don't tip. Like, you know, I was just like, what the hell? I wonder what that is because I feel like I made almost more money in Missouri at restaurants than I did in L.A., but I think a lot of, I don't know, the places I worked were filled with, like, 22-year-olds, and I'm not entirely sure that they ever learned how to tip, but another story for another day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was it, Hooters? Right. <laughs> no. The Hudson, actually. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually like the Hudson. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, good food there. Um, but yeah, but that that play got my New York Times right, got me a New York Times write up, and then uh, it got the attention of John Levy over at Warner Brothers, and he was casting for Shameless, and um, it was the weirdest thing. I remember I auditioned for another show, um, which was one of the shows that was like the first network show by J.J. Abrams that had two black leads in it. One of the leads was Boris Kojo, and the other was Gugu. I, Still don't know how to pronounce her last name. Um, And I remember auditioning for that show. And there was, like, this feeling I had that I was like, something's about to crack. Like, I feel like something's about to happen. And I thought it was going to be that show. But then I ended up auditioning for Shameless. And and so when I got the call saying that they wanted me to come out to L.A. to test, I was like, oh, not the the detective show? Okay. I was like, oh, interesting. What is – I don't even remember auditioning for this. What is this? And um, so you auditioned for it in New York. Um, yeah, I had to put myself on tape for it in New York. Oh, actually. it was self tape. It was and a self tape. And then you? they flew me out here. That's so baller. It was. Uh, I mean, and up until this point, I didn't really have anything on my resume. I think I had like three credits, and um, and I, I just, yeah, it was. I was accustomed to this life of waiting tables and doing like obscure theater, and you know, and then. To have somebody from L.A. be like, okay, we want to see you for this. We're going to fly you out and give you per diem and put you in a hotel. I was like, does this happen? Like, you know, what's going to – I don't understand. Like, and then I don't know what's going to happen when I get there or what do I do. And so I flew out, and I just remember sitting in John Levy's, like, the waiting room area and seeing all these – familiar actresses and just literally just sitting there and just be like, you know, I, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, but 
you know, I'm here and I'm going to go in. And, and I didn't know the whole process. So this was basically a callback session and, um, which, you know, producers call back with, uh, you know, Bill Macy and, um, just everybody, you know, the writers and stuff. And so, but at this point you had only self-taped. I had only self-taped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a reel? Uh, yeah. And it had some footage from the Steven Seagal movie I did and a Home Depot commercial I did. No, and that was no. like, that was literally <laughs> my reel. <laughs> like, Home Depot yeah. And I had yeah. no lines. Literally, I'm like painting on the wall and like for Home Depot. That yes. was my, that was my actual And it was reel. in your reel. It was on that my reel. Is phenomenal. I okay. wish I could find that commercial too. Cause if you do, I'm putting it in the show notes. <laughs> Okay, so here you are sitting in this epic callback. You've been flown there. Mm-hmm. So far, all of you had is self-taped, and the only other piece they've probably seen of you is maybe the New York Times write-up mm-hmm. and your reel with your commercials. How do you feel? Are you, You're a very confident woman. Did you feel that way then? No, um, you know, it was just all, like, so bizarre, you know? I, um... It was it was just bizarre. I just remember being like, "Oh my gosh! Like, what do I do?" Like, I remember uh, when my mentor she was living out here at the time, and you know she she did like this whole coaching thing with me, and was just like, you know, just pretend that you're walking over the threshold and, and giving yourself permission to um to succeed and 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 to shine, and you know, I I, I just remember just being like, I. <laughs> You know, this is this is bizarre, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, they're literally in between like while I was sitting in the waiting room, um, my agent was like calling me at one point to to set up a time to go over the deal memo and, and how much I was going to get paid. And all. and I was just like, you know, sitting there like, oh, my gosh, I mean, I'm making 400 bucks a, a week. Probably, I mean, actually, when I did that play, I don't even think I was making that much. It was like, I mean, I had to pay taxes and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you know, and um, living off of like the the money I made from the restaurant, which wasn't that much either, to talking about you know this life changing salary, and uh, while you're in the waiting room, while I'm in the waiting room, and I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, so the heat was on, but I just remember just being like, you know what. I don't know what to expect. This is new to me. Fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go in and do my thing. And I went in and uh, I just remember like Bill Macy getting up and like shaking my hand. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. And, um, and then they were just like, okay, um, have a good day. You know? And I was like, oh, are they sending me back to New York? Like, I don't know what that (laughs) means, you know? And, um, and then I, I went back to the hotel and then my agent called me again and was just like, oh, you're going to go into test on Friday. And I was like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Like, you know, she was like, my my, my agent at the time, she was literally like, <laughs> you know, I just say this, but she was like, it's just a whole bunch of, uh, she's, she's Jewish, and she was like, it's just a whole bunch of old white men who want to see whose dick is bigger than the others. And I was just like, <laughs> I was oh like, wait, God. they're going to be taking your dicks out? Like, I don't understand, <laughs> like. You know, I was like, wait, hold on one second. Ellie. That might be the best <laughs> description of what actually happens past an audition level yeah. ever. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, and I honestly, like, 
I, I didn't really have all the right people around to ask exactly what it was. So I wasn't 100% prepared, like, for what a test is, you know? because you didn't have this podcast or this exactly, website. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, um, but she just told me, you know, to just, uh, to just go in. The room might be really cold and just, you know, do what you do. And I remember talking to another uh, former teacher of mine, and she was just like, you know, because I think my original audition was on a Monday or a Tuesday. And so I had all these days up until Friday to go. And my, my former teacher was just like, just go hike, take a walk, go explore L.A. while you can. And don't think too much about it until Friday. And I was like, OK, I'll yeah, try not to. Was it yeah. the same sides that you used in your initial audition? Uh, and when I did the self, t- oh, wow, that's a good I- good question because I really can't remember. Um, I'm wondering if you had stuff to work on between the callback and the test that was different material. I think it was pretty much all the same, I want to say. That's almost worse to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what was uh, what was also equally, you know, getting more in my head, too, is that the the big note is they were like, tell her to dress the part. And I was like, what? Like, I thought she was sexy. I thought she was this. And then they were like, uh, don't be so sophisticated. And I literally, like, came in in the original audition with, like, a mini skirt and, like, a, a red top. So I was like, I don't know. That was sophisticated, but all right, whatever. So I, you know, I was trying to find something else to wear. And I basically, like, bought the same version of that outfit, but just <laughs> try to make it not sophisticated, I guess. So, um, so yeah, so I ended up going to test, and we were somewhere, um, I think it was in Brentwood. And it's funny, because sometimes when I pass by in that area, I'm like, oh, this is where I tested. And uh, it, it was, at first, I think it was, like, maybe three or four girls and then like a handful of guys and we were doing chemistry reads and like they will let two people go, let two people go. And then it was literally just down to me and Shanola. Um, and then uh, two other guys to play the husband roles and they, uh, they let one of the other guys go. And so we were kind of like, Oh, well, it's going to be Steve. And, um, they kept bringing us back in, bringing us in, bringing it. Sierra, come back. Okay, Shanola, come back. Sierra, come back. And you were you know, doing the same scene each we were time doing you were the back same in the room. Scene. Did they give you direction between them, or they just no. wanted to see you do it again? <laughs> they just wanted me to do it again. They did not give any direction, so I guess they really did just want to see whose dick was bigger. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's like, why don't you just film it and yeah? Play it back? So, how long were you there that day? Hours. Yeah, I mean, maybe like four hours. Yeah. And I mean, they were in a big conference room and, and it was, I mean, it was everybody. I mean, I remember when I first went in, they all had to introduce themselves and it was like head of Showtime, head of, uh, uh, there's another network that's shared with Showtime and, uh, Warner Brothers, but it was just like head of this, head of that, head of this, and I was like, oh, hi. Okay, cool. And, you know, me and Steve, like, we just hit it off. And so I was so happy to, like, be reading with him because we just, we had just a nice rapport and everything. And, yeah, like, reading was a good actor. Yeah, was it was just, changer. like, it was awesome. So um, so I had a great time doing it. And, um, and you know, then they, they called, my agent called me and was like, oh, this is what they want to offer. Oh, before I went in for the test, like, she literally was like, this is what they're offering um, for, you know, per episode and uh are you good with that and I actually was able to negotiate more for you and I was like 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was just like, I've never seen that many zeros in my life. <laughs> like, you know, and, um, and I mean, and then the nudity was a big part too. And, you know, looking back at it, uh, I wasn't 100% comfortable with the nudity. And I remember my agent just be like, are you comfortable with it? Because they're saying full frontal, full body nudity. And I was like, she's very naked in that. Show. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. She was like, Sierra, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. And she's like, if you're not, we can tell them. And at that moment I was just like, no, I don't want to mess up this opportunity. <laughs> you know, I was just like, fuck, I'm waiting tables. I'm, you know, I don't know what's next. And I was like, fuck it. Like if I got to like show some titties or something, like <laughs> I'll take it, you know, <laughs> like I was just like, yeah, like that was literally like where I was like, okay. Um, especially they when I saw that. to LA. They yeah. see my boobs. Yeah. You know, like I'll whip it out in this audition right now if you need it. <laughs> Will you describe the character a little bit just in case people haven't seen the show? Um, yeah. Uh, the, oh my gosh. The, the funny thing about it, I forgot the freaking name of the character and I, I, Hold I forgot on, the I'll, name of the character. I'll but, look her uh, up while you're talking because I know who it is. Um, but yeah, she she's a nurse and uh, really street smart and and hip and she's in a, a biracial relationship um, and it's it's just all like just you know average people, almost low class people, you know and. Uh, but she's really feisty and spunky and, you know. Um, That's right. Yeah, so the character was Veronica. And uh, and so so how I ended up out here was, uh, you know, that was a Friday. I flew back to New York on a Sunday. I was like, when are they going to tell me? When are they going to, what are they going to say? And I get back, you know, I'm going to take the train to work on Monday morning at Joe Allen restaurant. And I literally walk in and I get a call from my agent and she's like, uh, can you come to the office today? And I'm thinking like, yes, I got it. I'm signing a contract. And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to, should I not go to work? Like, I'm like you know, right. <laughs> and she was just like, she was like, uh, you didn't get the part. Uh, but just come to my office anyway. And I was just like, whoo, fuck. Okay. And literally like, you know, I'm putting on my apron about to, you know, fucking make some coffee and, you know, put the napkins out and stuff. And, I was just like, boy, okay. And even like right now, it gets me a little like, because I just, it was like everything in my world was like, oh, like, fuck. You know, like it was just from going to that, I mean, being flown like first class and, you know, and then all of a sudden That's it's like, major. you know. It would be weird if you didn't have that kind of visceral reaction because that's such a, that's such an experience that nothing else, and uh, I dare to say no other career mm. does quite like this one does. Yeah, it, be it beats you up, you know? I mean, I, I yeah, I went from, you know, being in the same room with all these heads of Showtime and everything to, you know, serving meatloaf on, you know, to someone in, in New York, you know, right. <laughs> who's like getting on to me, you know, for not refilling their you know, coffee on time, like, you know, I was 
existing in LA. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, I mean, talk about complete heartbreak, you know. And um, I and I did. I went to my agent's office that day, and John Wells had uh, sent me a nice bouquet of flowers and with the nice card that said you did a wonderful job and thank you and and I was like you keep these flowers no <laughs> I was like, I was like I'll take the flowers you know I was like that was nice of him to do that and uh, but but what was really um amazing after all of that was um you know John Will John Wells had other projects that he was uh casting and so um like there was three other things and I, I don't think any of them made it to network, but I got to be seen for all three of those. And it was like after a while, well, they didn't fly me out to LA for those, but it was like, well, can she be in LA, <laughs> you know? Right. And so it was then I was just like, you know what? I was at the time, like I was also like in a horrible crappy relationship and you know, I was just like, you know what? Uh, I don't want to serve meatloaf anymore. And it's really cold. And this like relationship thing isn't working out. You know, let me uh, let me go try my hand at uh, L.A. So I did. I, I came out here. I packed up two suitcases and, and I really did. I thought I was going to go back to New York. I, I thought that I was. How soon after your audition was that choice? Um, probably uh, a little over a month, I want to say. Quick turnaround. Good for you. Yeah. Like, and yeah, and I mean, it took me, took me a while to kind of get things together too, you know. Um, <laughs> I to, still don't have my shit together. And I've been well, no, no. I, yeah, I'm just saying like to, took, it took me a while to, like, it wasn't like I could just hop on a plane and move out to LA, you know, yeah. like I had to kind of, you know, uh, make sure the rooms are subletted, make sure I had my money together, you know, just something. And, um, and so, yeah, like a lot of stuff just kind of kept happening, like a lot of, uh, pitfalls in between all of that. And I just remember I was like, fuck it. I, I got enough for a plane ticket and I got like 200 bucks in my name. I had did like this internet commercial. I was like, I know they're going to be paying me sometime soon. <laughs> so I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to LA. And, um, and I did, I, and it was funny because, you know, I had no concept of like the, the land of LA, like the distance of stuff. So I have a godmother that lives in Riverside and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go move to LA and live in Riverside. And, oh my God, it's you know, so far. it was so far. So she let me stay with her, but I mean, talk about going to auditions, you know, it's like living having, in Disneyland oh, and trying to get yeah. back to Hollywood. <laughs> and I was, I did that for a good two months. And I was coming to Hollywood every single day. I rented a car um, with the money that I got from the internet commercial. And uh, you put some miles on that rental I car. I was on that thing. Like, yeah, like every single day. And I mean, except for the weekends. I was like, I'm not going out to LA. <laughs> like, no. And then finally, like, I, you know, was reconnecting with some friends of mine that I went to college with or just people that I knew from New York. And they're like, dude, like, you could just sleep on my couch. And I was like, can I? <laughs> like, can I do that? Because I was stuck in traffic for four hours today going back to Riverside. That's so. not an exaggeration, guys. It literally can take four hours to get to Riverside. And it's what, like 25 miles or something like that? How far is it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know without traffic, it, it is about an hour drive. Yeah, but the times you're going in and out of town. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's like four hours of your day. Yeah. But yeah, one, one day, day I was stopped in traffic for four hours because there was some crazy wreck or something. And so I was like, you know what? So shout out to my friend Brooke for giving me a, a nice warm couch to sleep on. Um, and, and so, yeah, so I just set up shop. I, I lost my apartment in New York because of my cousin and I weren't getting along and, you know, and she skipped out on rent and it was just like, I was like, I can't pay rent here and be looking for an apartment in LA. So I was like, you know, let's not renew this lease and just let the roommates do whatever they want to do. And, you know, cut ties. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely, and, and it was just an interesting transition. You know, I mean, that first year was brutal. I mean, I remember I didn't even have enough money to fly out to New York to get the rest of my stuff. So I called friends in New York. I sent them my keys and I was like, Hey, just sell whatever you can and just send me my, uh, my books and my photo albums and, you know, take pictures of whatever clothes I have in the closet and I'll tell you what can be shipped, you know? (laughs) And so, and so, yeah, so that was, um, that was just got up and go. Yeah. And I've been here ever since 2000, 2010. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So what's it like an average day like for you now? If you've done, if you did all the waitressing in New York, you did here, you did couch surfing, you did, you know, network testing, you did all that stuff. So what's it like an average day in your, as a working actress? Um, You know, I, I gotta say. So uh, there are no average days. Yeah, <laughs> no, they all, they all vary. And, and the one thing that I can say that is very consistent on a weekly basis is I do audition a lot and. I am. Um, I'm very grateful for that. And I, I have a really great team and I have a commercial agent and I have a voiceover agent. And I have a theatrical agent and I have uh, my manager. And so, you know, any given week, I mean, there have been weeks where I've had up to eight auditions and then, you know, but literally any given week, I at least have one audition. How long have you been in SAG? Um, I didn't sag when I was in New York because of that Home Depot commercial. No. <laughs> so, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, the Fantastic. Home Depot commercial. Home Depot. Just put like the sag uh, logo in the corner of your video. Yeah, right. <laughs> For your demo reel. Uh, yeah, so that's been since okay, so 2009, the whole time you've been out in 2008. LA. Yeah. I was curious how that was yeah. for auditions. But I, I, my first job that I booked out here, which um, I think it was Torchwood, I had to join AFTRA, and this is before they they uh, merged. Oh yeah, and I didn't have enough money to do it, so I had to borrow it from a manager at the time. Really? And, uh, yeah, so I could work. How much was it to join AFTRA? Oh, I almost wait. Hold on, let me not. Wait, was yeah, it like a thousand bucks? I think it was like twenty eight hundred. Really? I think so. That's shocking. I have to pull up the receipts on my phone okay. or my email, but I think it was something kind of. It must have lowered before they merged then. Maybe it went down when the unions got small. I mean, I, I don't know much about the yeah. unions, to be honest. I'm in it, but. <laughs> I know. I, we should I go to those much. meetings. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we should. Sorry, Sag. I'm going to go. I always get I your emails. I some classes and stuff. Yeah, I do too. Um, let me ask you a question then. Uh, the way the industry is at this time, everything is diversity. Mm-hmm. Big push for diversity, left, right, and center. Phenomenal. As it should be, because TV was so white bread like the rest of America was for way too long. Mm-hmm. Do you feel any pressure in that? Like, it's 
your time, like it's like the moment. How do you feel in that? Huh. Um, I, I definitely think it's it's a good time, um, you know, for for persons of color. Um, but it's still some of it is still somebody's other some someone else's perception of what persons of color should look like or should be on TV or film. The white men pulling out their dicks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And um which is cool, you know. I mean, I I kind of get that. You know, I understand that. And then the flip side of it is um you know, for me it it is trying to figure out how to fit in between those two uh worlds. Um which is really the story of like my life, you know, honestly. Um, I, I, my dad is biracial and my mother's black and I was raised by my dad's side of the family who was all white. And, you know, so really growing up, it was like, you're not black enough or you're definitely not white enough. So, you know, who are you? What are you? And sometimes I am kind of a uh, face with that. Um, now like in this industry you know um well because they the industry wants to put people in boxes Mm -hmm. and they want to have your especially before you're successful people can argue this with me left but you before you're exceptionally successful they have to be able to define you pretty easily yeah and uh which you know i don't have too much of a problem with that you know, I mean, because at the end of the day, you're going to show them what you can show them, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, if somebody is like, hey, you know, put on 100 pounds and now you could be, like, you know, an overweight character actress. And you're like, okay, no. Like, that's, no. Like, I'm not doing that, you know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, trying to navigate this new territory now, I think it, it is really great that there's more diversity um, but I do think that there still needs to be more diversity at the table, uh, making these decisions and writing these scripts. Um, however, you know, like I would like to have a seat at one of those tables too, because I know that there are people that, you know, have my similar life experience, you know, and, and um, yeah, and I have, I've I found it a little challenging at times, you know, like, um, auditioning for a certain type of shows versus the other type of shows. And, you know, you know, do I, do I go full stereotype here or do I really be myself here? Or, you know, like what, what do y'all want to see? Okay. Well, you know, don't be too bougie or, you know, well, don't be too laid back or, you know, it's just like that type of stuff. And so, um, well, I'm, I'm still trying like to navigate your, it, you know, like in your seamless audition where they said, you know, don't be so like classy or, yeah. what, what or sophisticated. sophisticated. Yeah. Because the show is the polar opposite of that. Mm-hmm. So. And and that was, you know, I, I just had this experience. I worked on the play this uh, earlier this year in January. And, you know, that was uh, part of my experience, too. And, and it kind of blew my mind a little bit because we are letting a lot of people dictate uh, certain perceptions of of what people are in this country. And so with that said, I, I did an August Wilson play and 
Um, I was so grateful to be cast in this role because I've always loved that monologue and, and this character was um, King Headley. And um, Viola Davis had played this role on Broadway, but the role was actually originated by Ella Joyce. And she was in our version. She was in our uh, production uh, playing uh, the older character uh, as uh, Ruby. And so she played my my stepmother. And I, you know, it was the first time really in my artistic career where I really took a stand and really ruffled a lot of feathers. And, um, you know, part of it is, you know, I, I regret some of the things that I did, but I also was proud of myself for taking a stand because um, the producer and I and, and some of the creative team, we didn't see eye to eye on what this world was or what the character was. And for me, that was uh, that was just like a big eye opener because I'm having somebody else tell me what this world is who doesn't know, didn't live that world the way that I lived it. And so basically, essentially, you know, it was August Wilson play and, you know, all of August Wilson stuff, you know, takes place in the hood in Pittsburgh and, you know, and everybody has this like concept of the hood and, oh, and, and black people in the hood, they don't care about their appearance and they don't brush their teeth and they just are dilapidated and da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, I came from the hood. Like the first thing you do is worry about your appearance. <laughs> <laughs> that is the first thing. That's you will go walk into, you know, go to the Magnolia Projects in New Orleans and everybody got the latest J's on. Like that's <laughs> that's how it is. Every girl at the window that works at Popeyes or the post office, they got their nails done, their hair done, they got a fresh weave, everything. That's so, so you know, I had I had a creative team telling me that I couldn't play the character or look a certain way as the character because I didn't fit into the world. And I was like, Oh, hold on. <laughs> I come from this world. And I was like, obviously, you guys don't because I know for damn sure in the hood when your baby daddy acting up, you ain't got enough food, uh, you you can't put food on the table or whatever. The first thing you're going to worry about is your appearance. You're not going to show that you feel bad. You're going to be shy. You're going to be, you know, you're going to come in just stunting, you know. Mm -hmm. And so um, but that like, yeah, that, that was an eye opener because I thought about that. And like I said, like there's other people kind of pulling these triggers and pushing these buttons or whatever on the other side of the room with their own concepts of, you know, what what these worlds look like. And then somebody, you know, like the people at Showtime or whatever can come to me and be like, oh, you look too sophisticated. And I'm like, no, why can't I just be the hottest girl in the hood (laughs) that all the dudes are trying to get at? But I don't know that I'm hot, you know, like. Mm -hmm. Just just something like that. It's not all the girls in the hood look a certain way. Like, yeah, that's not, you know, and the ones that are like really attractive, like, you know, they they fight. They have, you know, a potty mouth. They, you know, like they'll still make sure their hair looks good. You know, like they're just they know how to be a little rough, like Mm -hmm. under the skin, you know. So and that's not just a Hollywood problem for sure. It's just a a, a America problem, maybe world problem. Yeah. Um, do you feel like it's more stereotyping or do you think it's more racism? I think I, I really do think it's a little bit of both. And then, you know, I also think too, um, I think just even in the black culture, you know, we do have, we, we do have some embedded, you know, ideals about, um, you know, what a certain person is, what a person is supposed to look like based off of their skin color 
or, you know, even based off of their, you know, genetic makeup, you know, like if you got a little bit of white in you, then, you know, you must think you're good. You must think you're this. You must think you're that. Or, you know, if you speak a certain way, then, you know, oh, you must think you better than us or whatever. And so it's just these are all really, you know, harmful ideals and stereotypes that I feel like has been set in motion by Hollywood for the most part, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so it does create a lot of friction, um, at times and a lot of, uh, misrepresentation and misunderstanding. I mean, I know the big thing, you know, in, in the black community and, and amongst black Hollywood is, you know, there's been a big thing about skin tone and, um, why all the light skin actresses are always on TV? Why aren't there any dark skin actresses? You know, and so I mean, and I've literally I've lost jobs because of that. And really, yeah, you have pretty white skin though, like pretty light. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I uh, being light skin has oh, made okay, me okay, lose okay. the role because they were trying to fulfill a color quota for darker skin, and and it is you know there there has to be sensitivity around it too because yeah I mean that that is a a known statistic that you know for a big part of the 90s there were um a lot of light-skinned actresses that you know were were glorified and you know the argument is that there wasn't a lot of dark-skinned actresses that were glorified and you know, in order to avoid the risk of uh, getting <laughs> too politically <laughs> and like in trouble and everything, you know, I just I look back at it and I'm like, you know, I think that there was some brilliant, you know, brown skin, dark skin actresses, you know, back in the day, too. So, you know, I just think that there should be love all around. But um, but, hey, you know, listen, if anybody wants to argue with that, they can email Sam at Sam yeah. <laughs> That's where you can direct that. These will be dug up some I'm sure one day. But um, but yeah, it's uh, so, you know, to just go back to your question, just, you know, how do I feel about all of this diversity and navigating it? You know, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting um, I'm in an interesting position mm-hmm. with it and I do love it and I think it's beautiful and I'm, I'm glad that our stories are starting to be told um, I, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, somebody telling me that I can't play a part because I'm, I look a certain way. I, I fit some type of standard of beauty and skin tone, you know, and, and that doesn't allot me to bring life to a certain character, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's what I don't agree with. And I, I feel like that there's a lot of other actresses and actors out there that, you know, could feel the same way. Um, but you know, if, if change comes, you know, with the expense of others, you know, I guess so be it. Um, I know that all of the roles I've booked, yeah, maybe because of the type that I look like, but I know that I'm a damn good actress and I brought something to the role and something into the room. Yes. And, um, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that, uh, that have that same, you know that that umph to them too so mm-hmm. so yeah it's just uh yeah it's it's a it's just an interesting time and and I'm I'm still just figuring out how to navigate it and really you know what box I want to put myself into you know because yeah. I I do I feel like I not feel like I know I have a lot of different layers to me and um you know what's the one I want to what rocket do I want to launch first mm-hmm. you know to 100%. show these people out here who yeah. are 
putting their dicks on the table. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Right? Jeez. I know. I had to do an opening about Harvey Weinstein in this podcast, and I was not thrilled. Uh, but, you know, looking at pictures of him now, um, like looking at the pictures that people always posted of him, uh-huh. like over the last couple of years, he all, there, he does have like a dark look to him. Like, Oh, sketchy as fuck. Like, I don't, and, and you know, I, I don't want to forgive me, like, but the guy, he looked like he was an alcoholic or something, like. Oh, no, he was like fading. Yeah. yeah something didn't look right. Like, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure we'll hear a lot of pleads from him in some way or another that. No one really gives a shit about. Okay, so anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> back to you. Um, so that's where you are now, living in this cool world. You're going out a lot. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. It makes me very proud of you, by the way. Thank you. How is the rest of your life? What is the background? Um, what is going on between the auditions, between the bookings? What What's your money situation? Um, what's like your health and fitness? What's your, you know, what's the scoop of like between point A and point B? You know, it's, it's this year in particular, it's definitely been a roller coaster, just up and down, crazy all around. And, uh, I'm, I'm really just defining this year as like, just really defining who I am as a woman and, and, you know, really becoming the woman that I've always wanted to be. And uh, she's almost, she's right there. She's coming <laughs> somehow. Um, but yeah, um, you know, last year, last December 2016, I, I took the leap and launched uh, my lipstick company, which yeah. is, uh, yes, uh, which which Sam's face is, is all over the website, <laughs> Sincerely Cosmetics. And um, yeah, I took that leap and decided to launch this vegan, non-toxic lipstick company. And, uh, and, and just, you know, I've had a blast with it. It definitely has a, it it kicked my butt for a really long time. And then I had to just kind of, you know, kind of fall back a little bit on all the energy I was putting into it because a lot of other things are pulling my attention. Um, I will point out, by the way, I think that that, the flow of energy into things fluidly is what keeps people going a lot of times in this business because having your side hustle is so important and you mm-hmm. have to give it a flow. But if you get pulled somewhere else, you have to be able to fluidly pass between multiple things at the same time. Yeah. And it's yeah. such a balancing act. And uh, sometimes the scale tips one way or the other, but finding that along the way, and then you can look back and you're like, of course I didn't do this then because I was going to do it now. And like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I definitely had that big awakening sometime this summer. Um, I mean, it was just, I, I've had a really crazy year. I mean, literally dealt with, the, you know, two lawsuits and court stuff. And, um, yeah, and, I mean, back in uh, March, I I was, well, at the end of February, I was on my way to get food stamps. And, you know, because I just, things have just gotten really financially tough and difficult. And I got fired from a teaching job I had because I was doing that August Wilson play. And uh, I was like, okay, when I pay my rent for March, I'm going to have $246 in my bank account. And I don't know where else the rest of the money is coming. And, you know, one of the big things that I've I've had to really adapt and ingrain into my mind is, um, you know, faith is key and gratitude is key. And, you know, we're in this this business that, 
is on some level just really metaphysical because you just don't know. I mean, you could literally be walking down the street one day and and freaking, I don't know, Chris Nolan or somebody can be driving by and be like, you, I want you for my next movie. You know, like right. that's, this is the town that we live in, you know? Um, or who knows, like they could see you reading a book at a coffee shop or something, you know, just, and so things can just change, you know, so quickly. And um, so, yeah, so I was uh, back in March, at the, I keep saying March, but at the end of February, you know, just kind of like, okay, I'm going to just surrender. I'm going to live in this space of gratitude. I'm already doing my meditation. And, you know, if I got to go get these food stamps, I'm going to get these food stamps and just like figure out the rest. Mm -hmm. And so I um, literally was on my way to get the food stamps, found out I got booked on a Tyler Perry movie. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was on my, in the car on my way to drive downtown to go get these food stamps. I was like, I'm going to eat because this two, this two, two hundred forty something dollars is gonna go to my cell phone bill, and the rest I don't know where else it's gonna come from. But I'm gonna go and get these food stamps so I could eat this month. And um, yeah, my my agent called and was like, "Hey, that self tape you sent in, you actually booked the roll off of it." And I was like, "What? Okay." You, and we're going to touch back to self-tapes because clearly you're good at that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Sometimes I look back at some of those self-tapes and I was like, oh, anyway. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, so literally within like four days, I freaking um, put my apartment on Airbnb and was on a first class flight to Atlanta. And, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. and you know, and I, I got to say, um and I swear my period's not on right now. I'm just getting like a little emotional. I don't know what the hell that's all about. It's just because I'm uh, a really good reporter. You're, Go on. You are. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I had the greatest time with Tyler Perry. And it, I mean, what he's created over there and really what he's given actors and the people that work for him over there is, is not like LA. Like, it's just, it's not like this. And, and, he gets a lot of flack, you know, for his content and everything. And, and you know, I get it. And, and I get him as well, you yeah, know. Yeah, do you, man. And, um, but when I tell you, that was the funniest script I've ever read. And we... Can you every, tell us what, it, what the name yeah, is? Yeah, it's been announced. It's uh, Medea's Family Funeral. Awesome. And uh, I don't know if I could say anything else other than that. Um, okay. But, but I would say... Uh, I mean, I had a blast working with him and I mean, everybody was just so happy and just so, and I'm talking about from the janitors to, you know, um, the, the security guards and everything. And, and just to go back to like really just being in the space of gratitude and, and really just riding on faith, like blinded faith. Um, I, I just remember that week knowing how much money I was going to have in my account. And seriously, like seriously, like not knowing what was going to happen because I was like, dang, I'm applying for these jobs. I'm trying, okay, this pays $15 an hour. Like, what am I going to, that's not enough, you know? And I just, something just told me to just sit down and just really visualize like the life that I want. And, and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to visualize a room in my house, like <laughs> the house that I'm going to get. And I, I swear, I, uh, I just like envisioned like this lavender wall and then like this yellow armchair and and then I was like, you know, I, I 
I want flowers. Like every day when I walk into this room, I want to see flowers. And fast forward to when I, you know, booked the movie with Tyler Perry and they brought me to my dressing room and there were white flowers on the table and there was a lavender wall. No, there was not. And there was a yellow, there was a yellow chair. (laughs) And it took me a moment to like realize that that happened. And I literally, like, I was sitting on the couch in my dressing room, and I was like, wow, that, this looks so familiar. And I literally was like, oh, my God. Like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding? And I did. I had to take a picture of it and everything, and I was like, wow. You know, and, and like I said, I just, in that moment, like, I, I kept a, a gratitude um, journal with me, and I was just like, I'm so grateful. I, like, I'm just, I'm grateful for this experience. And, um and yeah, and so, uh, yeah, so I uh, got some money from that, uh-huh, <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, and then you know came back out here, and you know just kind of came back to just try to figure out, okay, what's next? You know, I just came off of this project. They didn't know at the time when they were going to be releasing it, and um, I was so just fortunate. As soon as I came back, um, a friend of mine had gotten a program into LAUSD schools. And she needed a teacher. And so, um, and, and that's another big thing. That's a, a background that I have is, uh, is teaching. Um, I'm not like a certified like school teacher, but I've always taught arts programs since I was like 16 years old. And so, um, so yeah, I got offered a job to, to teach at this school, an arts program. So, um, yeah, I mean, outside of acting, I mean, it's That's, all interweaved. That but is <laughs> an amazing story, by the way. I just sit here quietly and absorb because that's phenomenal. But that is that is believing in ex- believing in your dreams and accepting your circumstances at the same time in the most beautiful way. And like, mm. I am so floored. And also, thank you for being so kind and sharing something like. I'm going to go get food stamps and this is what's happening because it's so real. And that's, this is everything to me. This is what I want to talk about that, like that openness and that honesty of this is what I want, but this is what I have right now. And here's what I'm willing to do to get from here to here. And because you are that, and because you are who you are, like that happens like that's man. Well, thank you. I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, and it is, it's, uh, I mean, I it really, you know, it is amazing, and and it and it amazes me to to really, when you really just get down to that and really, yeah, just surrender and and just see what possibilities happen, you know. I mean, and you know, to be candid too. I mean, this was coming off the heels of like a horrific breakup and you know I'm going to court back and forth with my ex and um you know this is your ex-husband uh we, we were not married thank you <laughs> Jesus <laughs> but we were damn near were married a small victory yeah <laughs> it was. um but yeah you know I mean I came back to LA and you know I got this teaching job and the next thing I know I'm like you know consulting with lawyers and you know, going over evidence and, and just, you know, just all of this like crazy nonsense. And, and it was funny because, you know, I, I, I just remember saying at the beginning of the year, I was like, there is a woman inside of me that I know who that who I am and I don't honor her enough. And, you know, I, I was put through all of these different challenges 
I really think to, you know, strengthen me and to really reveal who this woman is. I mean, I mean, I couldn't afford a lawyer, so I had to go in and defend myself, you know, or, or represent myself at, at these, you know, things. And, and that was like crazy prep work too, you know, for actor stuff, because I'm literally like, your honor, look at exhibit a, look at exit, you know? And so you're like, now I'm ready to play the detective. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, I mean, I won both of those cases, but it was definitely, uh, I mean, that was drawn out from, yeah, from April until August 30th. And, you know, I was dealing with all of that and then I'd gotten a, a lawsuit from a student loan company. And so Ugh. my money I made from Tyler Perry film was like, bye-bye. And, yeah. so, and so, you know, I was at the drawing board again and, and thank God, you know, I got the uh, the teaching stuff, the teaching background, because I was able to teach my, my summer camp. Mm-hmm. I, I got awarded the uh, the grant uh, from Department of Cultural Affairs. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, do I have it all together? No. You know, figuring out a uh, a good a, a schedule or a healthy balance for me, um, you know, I'm, I don't think it's going to ever be perfect, but, you know, I, I do the best that I can. And, you know, like I say, on any given week, I know I have auditions. Um, I love working with kids. And so, you know, I, I teach, I'm teaching now and, um, I will be teaching, I'll, I'll be working at another school, um, at the end of this month up until January and, you know, the lipstick company, that's why I had to kind of ease some energy from the lipstick company. Cause I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you were a bit busy <laughs> teaching and lawsuits and, you know, and all this type of stuff. So I was like, Oh, Okay. Um, but I mean, that's been great though. I mean, I've still been making sales like every month too. So I just haven't been able to like advertise passive income. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Cause that's hard, you know, um, and then I, I managed to, uh, to take some, some online courses and, um, just get educated about branding and marketing and running a business. And, you know, that was overwhelming, but I was glad that I took that. And, um, but the one thing that I feel, you know, that I have to do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, I got to meditate. Like, you know, there, you hear all these like amazing people talk about the benefits of meditating and, you know, and, and I, I went to a guru like four years ago and three, three years ago who was referred to me by a friend of mine and you sit with her, she teaches you how to meditate and stuff like that. And so I like, started the practice and then I just totally like fell off <laughs> and like wasn't meditating for like a year or whatever. And I just remember like one day I was like melting almost like life is this. And I was with my friend Logan. He's like, dude, you need to meditate. Like He, <laughs> he was like, I introduced you to Betty. Like I introduced you to the guru, Betty. Like, Wait, are you meditating? Like things. that's <laughs> such an LA thing to say. And second thing, the guru's name was Betty. Yes. <laughs> guru betty and yes that is that is uh my guru and uh, she's off she's hilarious by the way she's oh my gosh she she's crass and yogi and buddha all at the same time but uh but yeah i mean this year i've made it a point to get up every morning to sit in my chair in my bedroom and to meditate and do you do it right after you get up yeah. It's a common theme I'm hearing from yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'm bad sometimes. I do keep my phone by my bed. So sometimes I, you know, roll over and look at social media. But I'm always like, okay, get off of it. Go get in a chair. Go meditate. 
And um, and sometimes, you know, I, I do what I was taught through Betty or uh, I, I'd listen to self-guided meditations mm-hmm. and um, I'm a big head spacer. Oh, OK. Yeah. Big head, head spacer. Head space. mm-hmm. oh, oh, yeah. OK. I've heard of that. I think you actually, yeah, you told me about that before, I think. Yeah, I think because yeah. it's just easy and they're different lengths, whatever you want to yeah. make them. And I need someone to guide me or else I'm all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, yeah. Then that's that's what I do sometimes. Like, I know whenever I'm either really tired or just kind of really, really stressed, if I just listen to some of the ones that I have, it's just really like, okay, cool. And then it could get me back on track to, like, not having to listen to music. Mm-hmm. But, um and then fitness, you know, um, when I had money, <laughs> I, um, I, I was, you know, paying to uh, take cardio bar classes, mm-hmm. which I, I love. I think those are so much fun. And, um, and boxing classes. I got a really amazing Groupon deal to take these boxing classes at uh, World world championship cardio boxing which i was like damn this is dope and this was the cheapest groupon i've ever bought like and um, i love that groupon still oh today. my gosh and then um and then there's a mma place down the street for me that um that i just love and and you know there was a point this summer and especially going through all the stuff with my ex i was like i'm going to learn how to fight like i was just <laughs> like like I'm gonna learn to kick some ass, and yes. you know, so yes, nobody's gonna mess with that me. Woman in you. Yeah, and uh, and then I was like, you know, I really wanted to uh, just really, you know, really manifest a, a role where I would have to use those skills, and so, so yeah, so fitness wise, those are the things that that I definitely did, and and you know, I, I, I mean, I still try to do now, but whatever I can fit into my budget, but you know, if I'm not able to take these classes, I definitely love hiking. Like that's one of my like fun things to do. And, um, and, and sometimes, you know, I have to just literally just go walk around in my neighborhood. I mean, I, I did that, um, yesterday. I was just like, you know what? I just gotta, let me just go and be around. I mean, we're in LA, there's a lot of smog and where I live, it's not, I mean, there's a park down the street, but you know, um, I think that's good to hear too, because you hear so many people when they're acting to talk about their intense fitness routines. And if you break it down in numbers, it's so fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. But to have someone say, look, I just filmed a movie. I'm in good enough shape to keep up with that kind of work. Sometimes I just walk mm-hmm. like that is very refreshing to yeah, hear. And I mean, and I'll be honest, I learned that from uh, Sophia Loren. I read her autobiography and really? she was just like. You get as much, you can burn as many calories from running as you can walking. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? And I started looking it up. It's like, oh, she's kind of right, you know? Okay. And, um, and I mean, plus I can't run as much as I used to because I have an injured knee. But um, It's okay. I hate but running. Yeah. 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 But, um, but I love walking. I mean, seriously, like I could put on the podcast and my headphones and just walk, you know? And sometimes Absolutely. I just, sometimes I'll just walk like <laughs> and then I'll be like oh damn I walked really far <laughs> like you know but um but yeah and, and then and if you walk up a hill it's called hiking yeah so. exactly <laughs> yes and um you know I, mean, I do have a gym membership and and that's something I've actually debated on letting go because I I used to love the gym but there's just something about being out, outside or you know um punching a punching bag that I just love so love it's it. like or 
or you know um sparring with with other mma fighters like i just i love those interactions like i'm getting to a point now where i'm like i can't be on the elliptical anymore <laughs> like i just i can't like i feel like i'm gonna die if i stay on this elliptical yeah. no i finished that so. point when i was 18 so i completely understand yeah yeah so um yeah so you know and and food wise um i mean this this summer i i tried to go back to being vegan because i did that back when i was in new york and um now that i've developed the popular gluten allergy which <laughs> i'm still like shocked and amazed that i am freaking allergic to gluten like so much so that it literally makes my throat tighten um you're from new orleans you're not allowed to be I know. allergic to gluten exactly and i mean i i've my getting my um results from my blood test in a week so i'm just like okay we gotta figure out what the hell this is exactly <laughs> they know that i'm allergic to gluten but they don't have like a full if it's celiac or whatever okay um so trying to be vegan and gluten-free at the same time was not working for me this That's summer <laughs> like i was just like mm -mm, i need to eat some chicken because mm -hmm. i can't eat these bread veggie burgers because most of them have wheat in them so so yeah so that's you know mentally it's meditation um meditation i, I read a lot of just different books you know i, I read self-help books i read a ton of autobiographies like i just i just find learning someone else's story to just be so fulfilling and and it's comforting to know that I'm not alone in this journey that other people have had you know crazy ups and downs um and then physical wise you know I you just, just take care of yourself mm -hmm. yeah I love that it's so simple like it's yeah. not that complicated I try I try to keep it simple good for you man okay last question mm-hmm and then I'll let you go because it's 95 degrees and it's October And I know 16th. I'm like talking your ear <laughs> off too. So. Uh, are you kidding? I'm having to wait. <laughs> I would do this all day every day if I could. Yay. What do you wish you knew when you were that girl working at Joe Allen Restaurant or when you were that kid in New Orleans? Whatever you were when you wanted to be an actor, what do you wish you knew before you really started this career? And it can be big or small. It doesn't have to be anything life-changing. You know, I wish that I knew that it was it was 100% wholeheartedly okay to fucking believe in myself and to be confident and not give a fuck about what anybody else thinks or whatever. You know, I look back at at that young lady that I was and and I, and I had I had that, that it was a spark that like naturally came to me like I I definitely had a um there was something at at times it would come out like you know unapologetic you know um but I was also too I think kind of using that as a mask like I I I put on a whole different persona because I didn't quite know who I was or who I was meant to be and really allow myself to be that. And um, I remember I shied away from it so much. I mean, I remember in college, you know, they used to call me queen. They used to call me Angela Davis and they used to call me Senator Payton. And <laughs> part of it was the persona that I put out, but also part of it was I didn't even know that I was seen in that, that realm, you know? And and not 
a narcissistic way. I didn't realize that I was viewed as a queen or that I had that type of energy, you know? And I just remember when we would be in class and I would have these, um, we would have these feedback sessions or whatever because I went to an acting school and, you know, they would say stuff like, oh, you're so strong. You're so strong. And I used to just get so like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not strong. I'm not, I'm not this. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not. And they used to be like, you're just like a strong, powerful woman. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not, you know, and, and just deny that it's so funny much. That you thought that. And, and it, yeah. And, and it didn't make sense because I, I think, yeah, I think I just, uh, I didn't, I just didn't give myself permission to be that or, or think that it was okay to, to be seen that way. Um, I don't know. I, I I just thought something was wrong with being seen strong, and I I think of course it of course it all has to do with a lot of childhood issues, you know. <laughs> like I mean, that's where it all springs uh, from. It always goes back to that. But um, but yeah, I mean, what I, I I really wish that I I knew then that it was okay to really to really just honor those those things in me and 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 be and be confident and, and just bold and, and fearless, you know. I mean. I had this weird kind of persona, you know, that I, I did speak up when I didn't like something or whatever, but, um, I don't think that's weird at all. No, I mean, it it was something that I, I did, but I never really adapted that into like my life. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, Oh yeah. Okay. I am supposed to be at the bottom of the totem pole. I am supposed to be, this okay i'll i'll be that i'll be that and that that outburst about justice and not what's not right like i should not have said that no 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 you know like that so that's what i didn't give myself permission to to do and be then and now i i realize it's like honestly i mean i i'm i'm really at a point now where i just don't really give too many fucks about like you know i mean and and Yes. And sometimes, you know, there are things that I do have opinions about and, and, you know, and and things that, you know, I see in the media or social media or whatever um, that I don't agree with. And and honestly, sometimes just like I don't really like I don't think I even feel like sharing a voice on this. Like, you know, I just Mm -hmm. feel like that's fucked up. So, you know, like and I I don't feel like writing a think piece about it or (laughs) arguing with somebody else about it. So it's just like, you know, but if you come to me in person or on the phone or at my house, I'm going to tell you, yeah, that's fucked up. No, I don't support that person. And I think this is bullshit. Like, you know, so like, that's just, well, I think that's the point of adulthood where you realize that you have opinions, but not all of them need to put, be put on blast Mm -hmm. until you so choose. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. That's so great. Uh, Okay. Uh, If people want to see your beautiful face, see Uh. your stuff, where should they find you, follow, platforms, etc.? Well, you can go to uh, com, or uh, go to my social media, and it's all at Sierra Payton. So, and it's spelled not in the way that you would think that it would be, and maybe you would put it <laughs> somewhere on the, the link, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it'll, uh, be on, it'll be the title of the episode. Yeah, cool. Um, and if they want to look at your lipstick? Oh, uh, you go to SincerelyCosmetics.com. Mm. 
so or Mostly sincerely see me. yeah exactly <laughs> yes your beautiful face on there um and yeah the instagram handle for that is um sincerely cosmetics inc and uh yeah and i and my my uh summer program that i run and, and teach kids is a uh, michael sorter project and that's uh michael sorter.org so beautiful mm-hmm. awesome thank you so much for this this was just the perfect thing I needed on a Monday night. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys. I will talk to you in just a sec. And that wraps us up for the day, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Sierra. You were amazing. You guys should check her out. And while you're at it, you should check me out at One Broke Actress on Instagram, onebrokeactress.com. Lots of fun stuff there. Fun fact, you can be subscribed to this podcast and subscribed to the website. Two totally different emails. It's a load of fun, I promise. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thank you, as always, Maggie Zabo, for your beautiful theme song. And I will see you guys next week. 